0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today.
1: Are you concerned about okay, the leak? Guys, it's time to go. Well,
0: Let's go. Oh, I, I,
1: we got to move. I'm not okay. concerned about the leakages. And I'm concerned that it happened. But
0: there's nothing contemporaneous that I'm aware of that is pretty confident. Anytime Joe Biden says that I'm aware of, I get concerned. Now I'm more concerned because this leak story is getting bigger, bigger by the day, the fallout greater by the day. And is it possible that they know who leaked it, according to the Washington Post, some 20 something year old? What did did he hack it? What is the story here? Somebody saying, "Oh yeah, yeah," he shared that stuff on a, on, a, on a Discord server. He shared that stuff on a Discord server, did he? Discord, it's um, it's it's uh, AOL Instant Messenger for a new generation. Best I could do. Best I could come up with to try and explain what it is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, good to be with you. Find everything, tonycats.locals.com The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. The Post claims that this leaker worked on a military base. That, that's uh, who this guy is. Young, charismatic gun enthusiast who shared highly classified documents with a group of far-flung acquaintances searching for companionship amid the isolation of the pandemic. I'm sorry, what now? I'm supposed to now feel for this guy? He was bored and lonely. And you know he loved guns, which meant he was mentally unstable. And therefore, he shared military secrets. Government secrets. United by their mutual, this I swear to you, this is how it's written. This is how it's written. United by their mutual love of guns, military gear, and God, the group of roughly two dozen, mostly men and boys, formed an invitation only clubhouse in 2020 on Discord. So. Picture the scene that they've already put together in the Washington Post. I love it that they're able to say what these people are united by. I, again, would like to know, what are the shooter, uh, the murderer in Louisville and the murderer in Nashville united by? I can't even get a, uh, a, a manifesto out of, out of uh, Nashville. This woman claims to be a man, murder six, three nine-year-olds. And, and I'm not allowed to say anything. I'm not allowed to notice anything. I'm not allowed to note anything. I'm not allowed to note connections, connectivity, zero, pfft, nada. I've got this guy who murders five, injures eight in Louisville. Anti-Trump messages from social media here, the pronouns over there. No, 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 can't say a word about that. All goes by the wayside. We should blame the NRA. The NRA is at fault. Oh, so embarrassing. But here, we know that these guys were united by their mutual love of guns, military gear, and God. And by the way, what kind of statement is the r- group of roughly two dozen, mostly men and boys? Um, how many people are in the group? 24? Um, was there one woman? Was there five? Well, why not, why not just tell us the number? Mostly. Mostly is not journalism, now is it? But one of the guys in this group who referred to himself as OG, which, you know, if if we're going in our rap parlance would be original gangster. Um, This guy claimed to, uh, um, you know, uh, one of the members read this guy's messages uh, carefully and read them closely and um, talked about job on a military base. And then the next thing you know, There's uh, some documents that are leaking. So how did he get the documents, or she, get the documents? How did they get posted online? Why did it take so long for anybody to notice? And who is going to defend this? Who is going to defend this leaking? I tell you, this is where I start losing my head. Because I am going to watch people say, well, you know, it's clear that, you know, the COVID and the isolation, he was in his right head, this poor guy, confused guy. And no, 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 these documents are bad. The sharing of these stories is really bad. Not only is it bad for the United States, especially when you see this administration, this administration that says, oh, we're going to do this for Ukraine and that for Ukraine, and Ukraine can win this. The documents don't say that. The documents say that Ukraine is screwed, that Russia is inept, but we knew that part. Oh, Ukraine's planning this huge, uh, huge spring offensive. Yeah, this spring offensive ain't going to do squat. I believe, I believe the expression utilized in the military parlance is squat. Someone may want to check me on that. I I could be, I could be mistaken. It's not going to work. How about interpersonal relationships regarding South Korea? How about conversations about Mossad, the Israeli spy agency? You think that you want those things out? It's embarrassing for the United States, certainly embarrassing for the administration. And one could argue, well, it's embarrassing for Joe. I, I, guess, I guess it's good for us. It's not good for us. Letting your enemy know what you know is not good for you. It's time to stop thinking like partisan freaks and start thinking like Americans. And the only American thing to think Is innocent until proven guilty, and if this guy is proven guilty, I want him hung. It's treason. And somewhere out there is going to be someone telling me, Tony, you don't understand his emotional state. Allow me to say for the record. I don't give a damn about the emotional state. I don't care. I don't care. His mother could cry in front of me, and I won't even waste my time shrugging my shoulders. Don't care. Leaking secrets. You go. I didn't know that on this we wouldn't have a baseline. Some things are indeed intended to be kept secret. We elect people to run the country so we can go about living our lives. We hire people to go about engaging the running of that country, and sometimes that involves silence. Let me compare this to a different kind of silence, if you don't mind. Let me... Let me try and make this case. I grew up differently than you did. That much is for sure. And one of the things I knew growing up is that you did not talk outside the family. I grew up a Jewish kid in New Jersey. But there wasn't a question... There wasn't a doubt. There was never a moment where it wasn't something that was seriously discussed. And as I said, I grew up differently than you did. I'm not saying it was right. I'm not saying it was rational. I am saying that conversations that took place within my family stayed with inside my family. They didn't get discussed with friends. They didn't get discussed with friends. They didn't get discussed with cousins. They stayed inside those walls in Middletown, New Jersey. And they stayed inside the five of us. I have an older brother and a younger brother who has since passed away. That's where it stayed. Now, I state... That I grew up differently than you did because I'm willing to bet all the dollars in my pockets against all the dollars in your pockets that I really grew up differently than you did. But right now, there's a vast, vast number of people shaking their heads saying, Tony, I know exactly what you're talking about. I grew up the same way. Differently, but with the same rules. You didn't talk, you didn't share the family laundry. You didn't gossip. You didn't do any of that stuff. What you saw and what you heard, that was the end of it. Every single day of my growing up was like living in Vegas. What happened there stayed there. I am, based on a, being, being a product of, of, uh, of, of circumstance, very, very keenly aware That some things aren't meant for public view. Some things aren't meant for public conversation. Why is that? Because that's how decency works. You keep some things private. You keep some things quiet. I have been doing radio professionally, if if you will, for almost nine years. There are things I still haven't come close to talking about. Do you know how weird it is to mention that I have children? When I was a part of uh, um, the, the, I'll call it the conservative movement, the Tea Party days and everything else, I would go to events, I would go to conventions. I never mentioned that I was married, never mentioned that I had kids, never brought it up. When people first discovered that I had children, they're like, whoa, whoa, you have kids? You're married? I was there to do the thing. I didn't share the other stuff. And you can say to me, dude, Tony, that's, you got you to gotta work on that. And I won't say no. But I bring all this up uh, to, to share with you that I understand the idea of keeping things quiet. Because some things are of nobody's concern. They're not anybody's business. The United States of America is allowed to have secrets. It is allowed to keep those secrets from you and me, because that is what we elect people to do. Now, the lack of faith in the institutions, the lack of faith in the people, it makes it a lot more difficult because we don't trust them. So therefore, how can we trust them with the secret? That's real. I will not deny it, but I continually fall back to the reality that if we are not able to keep conversations with our friends secret, conversations with South Korea, conversations with Israel, conversations with Russia for all I know, if that becomes out in the public square, how do others trust us? Well, Tony, they can't trust us. We're being duplicitous. No, no. We are not airing everything we're doing. We're utilizing information as we need to to be able to get to better outcomes. Being aware of what people like Russia are doing, being aware of what people like China are doing, what Iran is doing. That only comes from conversations and the trust that the communication can be kept quiet. Let's be clear. Everybody's talking to everybody about everything all the time. We need to be able to be people who can be trusted with those conversations. And when they are leaked, we can't be. I wanna know who this leaker is and I want them charged with treason. Innocent until proven guilty, without question. Innocent until proven guilty. But if they're proven guilty, I want them hung. And I want to know why anybody would be opposed to a, that kind of thing. Are you telling me? Are you telling me that there's going to be an argument out there for why this guy is a whistleblower and a hero? We're screwed. If you argue this guy's a whistleblower and a hero, we're screwed. When the CDC or Fauci lie to us about vaccines and vaccine uh, uh, realities, when you suppress doctors and don't allow them to speak freely, that is un-American and obscene, and I want people to be punished for doing that. They ruin the ability to have faith in them. People don't have faith in in the medical leadership of America. That is Anthony Fauci's fault. And I don't want to hear Dr. Tony over there tell me nothing about why he's special. Sit down. You did this. You didn't have to. You did it anyway. The CDC did this. They didn't have to. They did it anyway. You tell me we're not allowed to keep secrets as a country? You're out of your mind. Innocent until proven guilty. But make your case. Charge the guy. And if he's guilty, I don't know what we're talking about here. I'm Tony Katz. So this was... Not my generation, but I was fully aware. I wasn't a guy who grew up on the show Drake and Josh. That was Nickelodeon, right? That was Nickelodeon. Uh, Drake Bell is missing. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Kylan is uh, running things today. Did you grow up watching that show? I didn't watch Drake and Josh. I did watch Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, but not the same thing. Not the same thing. But you, you're you're aware of him, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, the story is, is that he is considered missing and endangered in central Florida. He was last seen driving a 2022 BMW Gray. Um, just before 9 p.m. on Wednesday, and yet somehow now he's he's missing. In 2021, he was sentenced to two years of probation on child endangerment charges. Meeting a girl online and accused him of sexual contact after she attended his concert when she was 15. So that was the accusation. I, n- I never knew what even came from that, because very often in these in these kinds of things, I, I I'm I'm not close enough connected to it. I, I I I usually have this immediate aversion to. Oh dear Lord, what is this claim now? I mean, you got to really prove those kinds of things. But like, it, it's one thing to say that you saw him last night. It's another thing to say today that he's missing. Like that's weird, right? Does anybody else think that's like super quick? And why is it endangered? Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be in danger? Not E N D A N G E R E D. This is how it's written from the Daytona Beach Police Department. The reporting is everywhere. I don't think this is a a, a joke. Is it the childhood actor thing? Cuz not every childhood actor ends up falling apart. But what, what happens? I mean, I'm I'm putting it, I'm I'm asking the question like somehow I can make the conne- the connection. But we've seen another, the Amanda Bynes story. Amanda Bynes just got released from from custody. She spent what she spent three weeks in jail, or was it in a hospital because she was wandering around the streets of Los Angeles naked. I mean, was she always? In this level of distress, and no one saw it, or no one cared because they made too much money off of her. It's it's the um Britney thing. Take a look at Britney and the whole movement to free Britney, and then Britney uh uh was was no longer had uh the the, the custodian or the receivership, or whatever it is. And now there's real concern that she can't really control herself. Well, she's a grown-up and um, she's allowed to make her mistakes, and we can watch if we choose. But, I mean, maybe there maybe there is something to it. Maybe it's just coincidence without causality. But I think it's weird that a guy could be seen at 9 p.m. last night, right? He's seen 9 p.m. one night, and the next day, by, by noon... He's considered missing and endangered. That's something else. Endanger is our property rights. Stilling Burnett joins me to talk about Waters of the United States, this ruling from a North Dakota judge, and how it affects every part of your life. That's next. There's been a lot of talk lately about the waters of the U.S. and this whole concept where the EPA uh, thinks that they should be able to control the water on your land. This isn't so much about water, is it? As it is about property rights. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. And I spoke with Sterling Burnett of the Heartland Institute, heartland.org. He does a tremendous amount of on climate, on uh, these issues, he's actually the managing editor of Environment and Climate News and the Climate Change Weekly email over there at the Heartland Institute to talk about well, this judge's decision in North Dakota to put to to put the kibosh on what the Biden administration was trying to do in changing the definition of waters of the U.S. and this is the same administration, the same Biden that vetoed a resolution from congress bipartisan that said don't do this so i spoke with sterling burnett and i asked him you know how do you explain what waters of the u.s is and is the biden administration really trying to sell the idea uh that uh with this they're gonna keep our water safe oh yes
1: it's it's to it's to make sure that we have access to clean water and that uh that uh as I said, the ports are clear, nothing's, uh, nothing's. Uh, you know, to, to protect the environment. For Biden, it's more, you know, really, really focused on climate change. But the point is, so so Obama passed this rule. States were up in arms. Uh, approximately half of them sued, not just states. Home builders sued. Developers sued. Farmer associations sued. And in several federal court rulings, his rules were blocked; they never came into effect. But and they and they cited the Supreme Court. They said, "Look, it, w- if this goes forward, in the meantime, you're going to cost people a lot of money. You're going to cost states a lot of money. But and it's likely to be thrown out by the Supreme Court because they've already told you what you have before was too far, and this is overreach even more. So uh, they blocked it. Trump wrote his own rules, which were much more restrictive." which tried to give clearer definitions so people would know when they needed permits or not. Wait, wait, wait.
0: wait. Go back, go back to the concept of restrictive. When yeah. Trump got in, there yep. was a change, and the change was to try and move away from what Obama had put forth in this word a change and word manipulation. His restrictive, you mean restrictive against the federal government from being able to control that's,
1: that's correct. water yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, on people's
0: private land. He, he
1: attempted to write a rule that complied with previous Supreme court rulings, which said there are sharp restrictions on what the federal government can control. Uh, there are sharp restrictions on what waters fall under. And so they tried to give hard definitions of what qualified and what didn't to give people regulatory certainty. Uh, that was challenged in court as these things are, and it was held up. And when Biden came in, he withdrew the uh, Trump rule and said, we're writing our own. Now, in the meantime, in the background, there are court cases going forward. There's one before the Supreme Court now challenging the waters of the United States rule. The Biden administration knew this court case was going forward and was being and had been heard, and they were awaiting a ruling. While it was writing its rule, rather than wait to see what the Supreme Court said, they said, oh, we're going to go forward. And basically, he took us back to the
0: Obama rule that the courts have already said no to. Talking to Sterling Burnett, Uh, he is uh, with the Heartland Institute, heartland.org, the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environmental Policy. He is also the managing editor of Environment and Climate News. Let's go now to this court ruling. This federal judge in North Dakota... Who said that this is a a step too far? But what was the actual decision? How how do you go about telling the federal government through some level of of EPA dictate? Because remember, we're talking about the agency class. We're not talking about something that your member of Congress voted on. The very very last thing we get to see is your member of Congress voting on any of these things we're discussing here. Uh, that the the EPA via by uh, Biden, just decided to make a change, and they made it in conjunction, I believe, with the U.S. Army. What did no. the What did the judge state there in North Dakota that makes this a, a no go? Well, it, yeah, the, the EPA
1: works with the Army Corps of Engineers on on these wetlands rules because that falls a lot of times under uh, the Army Corps of Engineers. They make a lot of reservoirs. Um, so the the judge basically said what previous judges have said. Uh, this is too, this is federal overreach. Uh, it, it goes too far. It doesn't comply with previous Supreme Court directives. And and because uh, sh- I, I, I don't believe he issued a nationwide injunction. I think he issued an injunction over only over the number of states under his jurisdiction. But um, what he said was it's going to cost States. And private property owners, because it was already held up in two states with a trial there, um, it's going to cost them a lot of money until this gets finally settled, probably by the Supreme Court. And they shouldn't have to bear that burden. And especially since, based on previous Supreme Court rulings, this won't hold water. It won't stand up. And so we're going to put it We're going to block it in the meantime. You can continue to. The court cases can go forward. And uh, we'll see how it finally shakes out. But in in effect, it is not the rule. It's not the law of the land at present while this hold is on it. Now, you mentioned Congress. Right. It's important because Congress did have a say in this. Of course, they had a say from the beginning. They could have rewritten the Clean Water Act to make clear wetlands aren't covered. They only covered rivers, ports and waters that uh, transverse state lines. They've never done that. The second way they could act, which is what they did, um, is they passed a congressional resolution uh, under uh, the the Congressional Review Act resolution. They they passed something called the Congressional Review Act, which allowed Congress to review any regulation that would have over X amount of dollars impact. I think when it was written, it was 50 or 100 million dollars. And they disapproved it by a bipartisan vote. Four Democrats and one independent joined all the Republicans in voting against allowing the rule to go forward. But it's a that's a though it's a congressional resolution. It was passed by both houses of Congress. But, of course, just like with any law, Biden can veto it. And he did. And they don't have sufficient uh, numbers in the Senate to override his veto, they, they, they I find certainly it don't have it in the
0: House either. You know, the, the, the veto is is fascinating because the resolution is fascinating. Because when do you get this Congress uh, to agree on anything? But they did agree on this. They did agree yeah. on the overreach. And I want to go back to it just for a moment. When you talk about changing the concept of navigable, yeah. as people are commenting, uh, you know, uh, to me and have commented, you mean if I've got standing water? On my property. I have a a lake on my property. Mine. I've purchased it. I purchased it specifically for it. I purchased it. And I, of course, have the total use of my property. What the White House and what the EPA are saying is, no, you don't. So if I were to utilize that water to, let's say, have uh, cattle drink from, their argument is they should have the right to tell you no, that can't happen. Well, it's, it's a little more complicated
1: than that. It could be that you didn't even buy the property with the lake on it. Let's say you create a stock pond on your land. You you, you bought some land for recreation. You decided to become a recreational farmer. You're going to put a few cattle on there. And so you get a, a bobcat and you dig out a, a, a stock pond. And so you create this a stock pond for your stock. Now, they don't. the federal government typically doesn't tell you your cattle can't run and use the stock pond. But if you wanted to refill that stock pond or dump some fill dirt elsewhere around it and it affected it, then they could say, no, no, you need a permit to fill that water Um, on your property, (laughs) within all your borders, within a single state. Not, not, you know, let's say there could be some weird cases where you own property in Texarkana, Texas. So it's on the border of Texas and Arkansas and your lake borders both. Okay, there at least they could argue oh well interstate commerce is at risk you know they could really stretch the definition but but if i'm in the middle of central texas and i create a stock pond that's filled periodically by a windmill pumping water into it because it's dry out in west texas uh the the federal government is claiming no 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 uh, we have
0: some say over your uses of that you can't be dumping dirt you can't yeah. be draining And and what they say is the say, talking to Sterling Burnett of uh, heartland.org, their argument is, well, water is a natural resource. It belongs to all of us, and we need to be able to control how that water is utilized, where that water goes, and to make sure, of course, that that water is safe. Isn't this still an overreach conversation regarding the states?
1: That's not exactly the argument. the, the, The argument is your water... Could through some mechanism travel to a river, a stream, even an ephemeral body of water that carries water elsewhere. And if you're polluting your water, or your water is critical to keeping a stream flowing, then we have say. It's not necessarily about. um, This isn't the clean. This isn't the Drinking Safe Drinking Water Act. Uh, This is about uh allowing ports and rivers to flow free that's what the that's what the clean water act is about and so the the argument has always been well yeah but water travels underground to other places you know these streams drain off somewhere and if they drain off and they affect other waters navigable waters, like I said, the traditional definition was navigable waters, then the U.S. government has some, uh, in, you know, they, there's some but legitimate But don't, don't
0: they have to be able to prove, in a rational world, ah. you would have to be able to prove such a thing, and what you're saying is, <laughs> they've set this up in a way, they don't have to prove it, they just have to say it, and then you are what they call in the business SOL.
1: Yeah, no, uh, in, in any lawful Rule of law world, uh, you know, where uh, the burden of proof was on the government to prove something, yeah, they'd have to prove that. Here it's assumed. And what happens is, uh, it, it, boy, really complex, but what happens is y- there are permits that you have to get if you do certain things. It's not a ban on doing certain things, it's you have to have permits. And then so they, the government decides whether you get the permit. And if you act without the permit, then you enter into, they say, Look, we've advised you that this is a wetland. You've ignored our advisory opinion. So we're fining you something every day and telling you you've got to put the water back in the condition it was. This is even before you reach court. This is an administrative hearing. Right? How much money can the average person spend And, of course, the government has gone to court and said, no, until you exhaust all your administrative remedies, you're not even allowed into court to challenge this. Now, the court, once again, a few years ago, said, no, no, they don't have to go through all these administrative hearings. They have access to the courts. That's the rule of law in the United States. So um, fortunately, that's the case now. But uh, it's still the case that, A, it's a lot of money. They and remember, if you lose, let's say you wind up in court and then you lose. Right. And and they've been said, oh, we, we're putting fines on you every day. Those fines can pile up pretty high. And if you lose, you owe a lot
0: of money. So they make a decision based on no facts. And then they use the administrative state to financially prevent you from being able to move forward. It sounds very much like a slap suit or strategic lawsuit uh, against public participation. Uh, This ruling uh, before I let you go, this ruling from this judge in North Dakota, is this enough? Is this enough to put an end to it? Or is this only your water is safe for now? This is your water is safe in
1: many States. Not in all for now, because I really don't think I I, I would have to look at the ruling more closely, but I don't think he issued a nationwide injunction. Uh, Some judges have been doing a lot of that, but typically uh, district courts have jurisdiction over certain states and it's in those states uh, that it's an injunction in other states. uh, This goes forward, I believe. Now I could be wrong. If it's a nationwide injunction, it's still nothing but a hold. All this says is the rule can't go forward until the court until the court has finally made it a a final determination. And, of course, the final determination is not with this court or an appeals court. Right. Which is the next step It's the Supreme Court. And so a final determination could be years away.
0: Yeah, and this only affects the 23 states as I know it. Uh, Idaho and Texas were already had uh, carve outs from previous uh, legislation. Sterling Burnett uh, from heartland.org. I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us and to break this down. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Because there aren't enough people getting into the AI race and AI isn't scary enough, Amazon is now working on its own. No, God! Yes, it's happening. Nothing is safe. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Guys! My gosh. Already it's been an insane... Uh, day but it's so good to be here good to be with you 833-468-8669 833 got tony it's amazon web services launching the bedrock service for generative artificial intelligence in limited preview this is how cnbc has uh, the, the the story uh i'm i'm not sure what's specifically different about this one, they say they're going to be able to offer access to its own first-party language models called Titan, as well as language model startups um, from language models from startups A1 uh, AI, twenty one, and uh, the Google stuff. All I know is this is the future, and the future is frightening as can be. It's just. The, the the issue is not that we grow in technology. The issue is that we somehow look to the technology to supplant humanity. If you can just go to these chat GPT-like models and just be like, write me up this, create this art. It's it's different than what the soul needs to express. And you say to me, Tony, that's very, very touchy-feely. Well, yeah. Look, I am, a, I am an analytical guy. I am really, really good at compartmentalizing what what is emotional versus what is rational and, and, and the difference. And let me tell you, my kids hate it. Woo, that is rough. And sometimes it's not fair. I have to remind myself that they're kids and they have emotions. You got to be able to experience the things because you do. You got to be able to experience emotions. But that's just it. You have to be able to experience the, the emotions, and art should be about the expression of that experience. And so when you say to me, Oh, look at this artwork that AI created, I'm like, That's super cool, but it's also super cold. When I talk about art uh, in terms of the, the nothingness that you see, oh look it's a pile of dirt it's a it's a faceless image that's nihilism that's not an expression of the soul that's the expression of the lack of soul that's how I view the AI That's my concern and now Amazon into it well of course they are why would why would the biggest company stay out? Find everything Tonycats.locals.com. this is Tony Katz today.